This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. So welcome to the virtual healing circle with me, Jen Fable of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight I want to talk to you about the problem of projection. This is something we all do all the time and it's mostly out of our awareness. And part of the healing journey is about bringing this up into our awareness. And some of you may have heard about this idea before but aren't really sure what to do with it. So my goal tonight is to not only talk to you about what projection is, but also how you can start to use the biggest jerks in your life as roadmaps and guides on your healing journey. So why is this important? This is important because until you know this information, you're just going to continue to blame all the people around you and your life is going to be filled with triggers and you're going to get stuck in the role of victim. You're going to get stuck in that place of believing that life is happening to you and you're just unlucky and surrounded by jerks. This is important because projection is a natural part of how our neurology operates, which is a fancy way of saying that we all do this all the time. And it is such an important part of the healing journey. And so bringing it up into our awareness, starting to recognize that it's happening, allows us to adjust quicker. And this is important because truth be told, the people around you are the best mirrors for all the wounds that you still have that need healing. And so if your goal is to do shadow work, is to heal those deep wounds, you don't really have to look that far to do it. So what exactly is projection? The idea of projection began with Sigmund Freud's work on defense mechanisms. Jung then continued it with his work in the shadow self. And what it basically means is that we have defense mechanisms that we use to cope with really difficult or hard emotions. And with projection, what we do is we unconsciously take these unwanted parts of us, these unwanted emotions, these things we don't like about ourselves, and we put it outside of ourselves and attribute it to someone else. This allows us to address really difficult parts of ourselves without having to actually acknowledge that it is a part of ourselves and then feel that discomfort. And so this is a natural part of how we operate and how we keep ourselves safe. The problem is, is that when you don't know this is what you're doing, you're going to get stuck in victim land. You're going to get stuck thinking that you're just unlucky and everyone around you sucks. So what are some examples of projection? So an example is, Let's say you believe that your coworker doesn't like you and is just being rude to you. And the reality is, is that you sense that because deep down you don't like your coworker. Or maybe you have a neighbor who's really loud and judgmental and you're actually projecting because deep down you fear that you are loud and judgmental. Um, If you have been having unfaithful thoughts regarding a romantic relationship, And so you start to believe that your partner is being unfaithful and you start to get suspicious and read into everything. So anywhere around you that you are sensing these kinds of patterns, likely projection is going on. And I want to remind you, this all takes place unconsciously and outside of our awareness. So I want to back up a moment and talk about why we do this and what the operating systems are that's going on behind the scenes. So We, of course, we have our conscious mind and our unconscious mind. Your conscious mind is everything you're aware of, like the sound of my voice. Your unconscious mind is all the other information that your body and senses are picking up, but that is out of your awareness, kind of like the sensation of your feet on the floor. 
Now your unconscious mind does some stuff for you. Obviously, it makes sure that your heart keeps beating without you having to think about it. It makes sure that you are breathing and that your immune system is running. And your unconscious mind also stores and organizes your memories so that they are obviously not in your awareness all the time, but they are out of your awareness and they are stored and kept for you and they're organized, right? Somehow we know the difference between five years ago, 10 years ago. Now, sometimes we're going along in life and something big happens and we feel this huge tidal wave of emotion. And if we hold on to all those big feelings, we're gonna completely shut down. And so we have a mechanism where our unconscious mind will take these emotions from us, hide them out of our awareness and store it for us so we can get through what we need to get through. And we are meant to go back and bring these things back up to the surface and heal them, only we don't, because once the crisis is over, we tell ourselves, ah, I got over it, I just put it out of my mind which is fancy for saying, I hid it from myself and my unconscious mind, which is also what Jung calls your shadow self. And over time, we get all these things that we didn't want to deal with and we shove them down deep. But because they're important, every once in a while, your unconscious mind will present them up into your awareness so that you can resolve it. And so something happens in the current moment that is somewhat similar to something that happened in the past. And your unconscious mind will throw it up to the surface in an attempt to resolve it. Only what happens is we have this huge trigger emotion reaction and we don't use it as an opportunity to heal. We just shove it back down more. <laughs> and so over time, we build up all these little wounds and all these things about ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge about ourselves, that we don't like about ourselves, but that need healing. And so what Jung said was, is that in order to bring it into our awareness, we project it onto other people so we can at least recognize it outside of ourselves. Since we hide it so thoroughly in ourselves, the only way to ever heal it is to project it onto other people. And so projection is an attempt to solve and resolve and heal. However, when you don't know that, what projection does is blow up relationships and make you feel insecure and like a victim. So unless you learn to face your own shadows, you will continue to see them in others because the world outside of you is only a reflection of the world inside of you. Projection is the idea that everywhere you go, oh, there you are. Every person in the world is a mirror reflecting back to you all of your healed and your unhealed parts. And the parts of you that are unhealed, the only way for them to come into your awareness to some degree is for you to see them in other people. So anything you notice in someone else that you don't like, you can only recognize it because you have a template somewhere in you. You can only recognize someone else being judgmental because you know that you are judgmental. You can only recognize someone else being unfaithful because you know that you have questioning thoughts. And so projection is a natural part of how our neurology operates, and it provides us with a really big opportunity for healing. So how can you tell if you're projecting? I always have in my head um, Jeff Foxworthy, you know, how can you tell if you're a redneck? <laughs> if you've ever heard his bit. So when you are triggered or your fears or insecurities are provoked, you might be projecting. If you have an unusually strong reaction to something someone says and you just fly off the handle for no good reason, you might be projecting. When there doesn't seem to be any kind of reasonable explanation for your reaction, when you're like, I don't know how that happened, you might be projecting. And over time, as you continue to do this unconsciously, it can eventually become so ingrained in your neurology that it becomes incorporated into your identity. 
You're so busy projecting your suspicion onto others because you don't trust yourself that over time you just become a suspicious person who doesn't know how to trust. And so if you notice these in your life and if you don't, you're lying because we all do this all the time, then it's a good indication that you're projecting. So how to stop it? The only way to stop projecting is to stop being human. Sorry. <laughs> what we can do is we can get better at recognizing when we're doing it. We can stop it faster and we can use it as a way to heal so that we do it less often and less thoroughly. So learning to accept your shortcomings and your weaknesses. People who are comfortable with the good, the bad, and the ugly of themselves, people who are comfortable with their squishy vulnerability, and people who are open to saying, yeah, sometimes I suck, they tend not to project as much. You need to recognize the fact that everyone around you is just a mirror for you. And when you start to live from that place, when you set that intention for your way of living, then suddenly the people around you who are being big jerks don't bother you to the same degree because you're like, oh, that person's really annoying me because they're so fill in the blank. That must mean there's a part of me that is resonating with that, that I don't like. How can I use this to heal deeper? You can stop projecting by finding forgiveness, by healing your grief by getting comfortable with the fact that sometimes life doesn't go your way, sometimes people are peopley, sometimes the feels are feely, and life is lifey. And that's just kind of how it is. And the more we can surrender to that process, and surrender will be a topic for another healing circle entirely, when we learn to surrender to that process and stop trying to control everything all the time, we don't feel the need to project all of our baggage onto other people. And when you heal your shadow self, which is fancy for your unconscious mind, which is fancy for the emotional realm. The more you know yourself, all aspects of you, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, the deeper you know yourself, the more you can accept who you are, all bits of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I want to share with you a super cool way to take the biggest jerk in your life and turn them into the best map for your healing. It's really easy. All you need is a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper, you draw a chart with four columns and three rows. And the first column, we're going to call that behavior. We're going to go through these one by one, but we're going to call that one the behavior. The second column, we're going to call that what it gets them. And it has to be something positive. The next column is going to say more or less. And then the final column says take action. And we're going to walk through what all this means. So when you are dealing with a person that you don't like, that triggers the snot out of you, that makes you want to punch them in the face, the chances are there's some projection going on. And so the first thing we want to do is we want to identify what it is we don't like about this person. What is it that's setting us off? You do not want to sugarcoat this column. However you describe their behavior goes in the first column. Now, I was just picking a random example. So I just went with someone who's a know-it-all, someone who has a bad temper, and someone who's a control freak. So on each of the lines under behavior, we have know-it-all, bad temper, control freak. Now, we are adaptive beings. We only do what works and what gets us our needs met. It might be in a dysfunctional way, it might not be in the healthiest way, but we only do what works because we're adaptive beings. If it's not working for us, we're not going to do it anymore. And so somehow this behavior that is driving you nuts is getting this other person something positive. 
right? Someone's not going to be a know-it-all unless it's serving some sort of a positive purpose in their life. So the next column is where we get to now have a different perspective and say, okay, so someone who's a know-it-all, what does that get them? What positive thing does it get them? What are they really good at because they're a know-it-all? And in this example, I'm going to just say they get to be right. Someone who's a know-it-all gets to be right all the time, even if it's only in their own mind. That's a pretty positive, motivating factor. Now, someone who has a bad temper, what does that get them? Why, why would that behavior stick around unless it's serving some positive purpose for them? And so in this example, we're going to say they get to get their own way. When someone rages a lot, they usually get their own way because, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. And now someone who's a control freak. What is being a control freak and nitpicking and micromanaging? What does it get them? What kind of positive attribute does it get them in their life? In this example, it gets them to speak up. Someone who's a control freak is not shy about sharing their opinion, are they? They will tell everyone multiple times, as many times as they can, so that they can get their way. <laughs> so someone who's a control freak tends to be really good at speaking up, at being heard. So now we know what this horrible behavior is doing in a positive sense, how it's sticking around for this person. The next step is to now turn this process onto ourselves, because the whole point is that we're going to use these other people as a mirror for ourselves. So this is where we get to ask, in my own life or in your own life, separate from this person who you are projecting onto and is triggering the snot out of you, separate from all of that, do you need to have more or less getting to be right in your life? Most of us would probably say we need more of getting to be right. Um, but if that's not the case for you, you would put a minus sign in this column. I'm going to go with more for this example, so I'm putting a plus sign there, meaning I need more of getting to be right in my life. Now, someone who gets their own way in my own life, separate from this person, do I need more or less of getting my own way? I'm going to say more for this example, because why not? And now speaking up. In my own personal life, separate from this person who is setting me off, do I need more or less speaking up? For the sake of this example, we're going to assume that maybe I'm also a control freak who yaps a lot and that I need less speaking up. <laughs> because sometimes, right? So now that I know what this need in myself is being highlighted, the next step is because, of course, from a coaching perspective, if you're not listening to your emotions and taking action, then useless. And so we want to take action. So what is one thing you can do starting immediately to have more of getting to be right in your life? For this example, I'm going to say speak up. Maybe the fact that I'm not speaking up enough and getting my needs met, I'm not asking for my needs, I'm not knowing what I need. And so I'm never really getting to be right. I'm just letting everyone bulldoze me. And so I need more of getting to be right in my life, which means I need to speak up. I need to stop letting people bulldoze me. Now, I've already identified that I need more of getting my own way in my life. So what is one action I can take immediately that allows me to get more of getting my own way? In this example, I'm going to say ask for what I want. I need to actually ask for it. I can't just expect the world to read my mind. And now speaking up, I've identified that I need less of this. Maybe I am a little too flappy gummed and I need less of speaking up. So what's one thing I can do immediately? I can listen more. I can be more receptive. I can ask questions and be more on the receiving end of it. Now here's how this works. 
when you are speaking up more, when you are asking for what you want, and when you are listening more, the fact that this person is a know-it-all, angry control freak won't bother you. It's only bothering you because it is highlighting in you parts of your life that are not in alignment with who you want to be. And that difference in vibration creates a sensation in our body that's uncomfortable, and so we project it out onto others so that we can use them as a mirror. Because how else are we going to get to know ourselves better? And so projection, when we just leave it at the idea of, oh, you're projecting onto me, oh, I'm projecting onto someone else, is great. It's always great to have awareness. And after you get that awareness, after you realize, wow, that person just sets me off, run this chart. Find out what you actually need more of in your life. And in this way, every person in your life, the biggest jerks in your life, actually end up being the biggest gifts because they are the best mirrors for all the parts of you you want to heal. Everyone's talking about, I want to do shadow work. I don't want to do shadow work. This is shadow work. You are welcome. <laughs> so some key concepts to remember. Remember that every single person around you is nothing more than a mirror for all of your healed and unhealed parts. We are constantly projecting and being projected onto by others all the time because that's just how our unconscious mind operates. Remember that it's an unconscious process. So give yourself a break. Give others a break. Avoid telling people that that's what they're doing. It doesn't matter. It's about not about changing their behavior. It's about using their behavior so that you can change yourself. And remember that the more that you heal your shadow self, the more you come to accept all the parts of you, all the wobbly bits and stuff you don't like, the more that you accept who you are, the less you have to project all those little bits onto other people. And I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. I'll tell you, everyone yaps about wanting to do shadow work, but it's hard stuff. Being able to turn that back on yourself and say, wow, this is bothering me because something in me needs to be healed. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to figure out what it is in me. It's so much easier just to bitch and moan to our friends about, I have this coworker, I don't like them, and I had my partner do this, and my <laughs> And that will constantly keep you on the victim side of the equation. While yes, it means taking 100% responsibility for your life, it also gives you 100% power. And as always, if you have any questions about anything from tonight or previous circles or podcasts, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. So when you have a coworker and there's multiple coworkers like that don't want to work with her and we all have the same issue with her because she's just really mean at times and it could be just all of a sudden, um, are we all projecting or she's just a bitch? Yes and yes. <laughs> It's not about whether or not she's a bitch and defining that. It's that when you are healed, her being a bitch won't bother you. We want to make sure we don't just leave it there. We can say, okay, this person's a jerk and be gone. And then we end up with a life of having to avoid. I hear so many people who do this. I had to cut this person out of my life because they triggered me. I had to stop working here because they triggered me. And this person triggered. And they just, their life ends up very narrow and very confined because they won't go anywhere because they think that the goal is to avoid all the triggers. It's not about her behavior. It's about using it as fuel for our own healing journey. Thank you. My pleasure. Very cool question. I've been in actually in a meeting where I didn't like what was being said. It was very toxic. And I kind of just stepped back 
and I just kind of threw white light in the room. Like I just said, I just threw white light. And I'm telling you, that whole thing shifted. The conversation shifted. Like, the, and it, my perception of what happened might have was mine, but it was I came out feeling better. Right? Absolutely. Now, so here's the thing: when you shift your states, your your mental state, when you shift your intention, it does shift the energy in the room. And if we are not then going back and asking, okay, what is it about this other person's behavior that I didn't like? And then doing that deeper work and saying, okay, so this is what I didn't like about it. So it's one thing to get through the moment. And too many of us do that all the time without then going back afterwards and saying, okay, that person was rude. Okay, so what is someone who's rude really good at? And do I need more or less of that good thing in my life? Otherwise, you're having to walk around as this force field of light and eventually you will drain. And perhaps the reason that person is behaving in the way they are is because you have a soul contract and they are attempting to move your soul into a higher evolution. And so when you flood the room with white light, you'll feel better, you'll handle the interaction better. And you may miss the opportunity to elevate your soul's journey that that asshole was there to give you. And so we want to make sure that we're flooding the light so that we can do the deeper work. But if we stop with just the light, um, we're just going to have to keep attracting the same kind of person to us over and over again. We want to work on the energetic realm, but we want to make sure that we're working there so that we can do the emotional work. Because a lot of us who like love and light don't like to play with our emotions <laughs> because emotions are icky and love and light's more fun. <laughs> Holla. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. During our time in Circle Together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after, I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www.livelifeunbroken.com backslash circle C-I-R-C-L-E. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.